This episode is one of our absolute favorite topics, and conveniently, one of the most popular topics that we get questions on, how to know when it's right to grow your team. This question doesn't have a one-size-fits-all answer, but there are a few things that we are going to share for you to consider before you ever start writing a job description. Keep in mind that this is an entire career made out of just hiring the right people. So if you feel overwhelmed, that is very normal since you are one person trying to do it all right now. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teak. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business. Here's the thing. Robin and I are team hire before you're ready because we know how it impacts your business and you can't scale your business until you actually have some assistance. However, you have to do that in a calculated way. And it's not like you can just be like, I feel busy. I need to hire. And I think that's where people, they like start to feel tension in their business. And instead of looking for solutions in creative ways, they just think, oh, I need help. I need to bring on someone. And usually they think of it as an IC. that or a they virtual can... assistant. Yeah. And we have a lot to say about that because you can't just hire a virtual assistant and then expect them to sit on the phone with Delta for three hours during your work hours. Like there's a lot of legalities and nuances between hiring an employee, even if it's a part-time employee. And if it's a VA or an IC who operates as an administrative position and you can outsource things too. So we may not get into all of that today because that's, I mean... That's an entire course that we've hosted before was Agency Expansion Academy. But we do want to talk through signs that you should start looking to hire. And one of those is that you have already implemented automation and your time is still capped. So if you're feeling busy, the first question is, okay, where can I streamline my systems to become more efficient and effective in the things that I'm doing? And if you've tapped out all the resources in that, as in you have a CRM that has automations in place and you've intimately gotten to know the functionality of that CRM, and then you're fully capitalizing on them to communicate proactively with clients, and you have a templated workflow with every email, form, task list with destination specific that you've taken the time to actually sit down and create bon voyage emails that are specific to Italy, Greece, your most popular all-inclusive that you sell, whatever it may be, you've actually taken the time and used a CEO day to cap out these automations, but you're still feeling capped for time. That's a good sign. If you have autoresponders in place for your email, we are huge fans. If you've listened before, you know, we're huge fans of keeping your autoresponder, your quote unquote vacation settings or your out of office email up at all times, but with an email that answers frequently asked questions and redirects those inquiries to the right space, like your inquiry form or your Calendly link. 
and you're empowering those that are actually reaching out to you to get to the right place so that you are not constantly having to be reactive to every email. If you're doing that and you're still feeling busy on top of the automations with your CRM, that may be a sign. And then the last thing is that you've actually educated your clients on boundaries and you don't take unscheduled calls. And we're talking all boundaries. I mean, we've dedicated so much of our education on this platform and within the niche community to how you can implement boundaries, whether it be with your CRM, with Calendly, with adding the autoresponder, with having a voicemail that directs your clients to the right place, with having footer information in your signature line. There are so many places that you can implement boundaries in your business. And if you feel that clients are consistently breaking those boundaries, you're never going to get out of the grind, period, plain and simple. You're never going to get out of the grind if you're not implementing boundaries. So first, you have to do all these things. And I think boundaries can come off as a bunch of different ways. It's more than just, I don't take random phone calls on my phone. Boundaries are also setting time aside to work on your business and schedule social media and like batch all those tasks because you can automate as much of your client experience as you want. And we always talk, we actually just had a roundtable inside of Niche all about leveraging automation. And one of our key takeaways was like, There's so much automation in the other facets of your business. It doesn't necessarily have to be the workflow. And in some cases, if you're like a high-end luxury, high-touch sort of service provider, it shouldn't be in the workflow, but it can be in social media. It can be in Calendly. It can be in your email, like Jen said, in the autoresponder and directing people to make the next best step or you know, a video sales letter that kind of does your soft pitch before getting on a call so people kind of come into it knowing what to expect. And it's not taking so much of your time explaining the nuances of how you do what you do. And it's more so a time for you to deep dive into that client and ask them questions and get familiar with what they're looking for in a trip. And then for them to ask you the same questions about the video sales letter. So there's so many ways that it's boundaries, but it's almost like optimizing your time. It's like Mm -hmm. time blocking. It's giving yourself a schedule. It's setting boundaries for yourself. And being like this task, like I'm going to do blogs for two hours on Friday. That's all I'm doing. Do not disturb. Tabs closed. And I'm going to get it done. And that takes discipline as a travel advisor. Yes, things come up. Heaven forbid somebody misses a flight and they have to call you. And in-travel emergencies will always take precedent as they should. You should service your clients when they need you, your help especially. But I think that there's a level of discipline that needs to come with the business role in any business, not just travel advising, like any business across the board and taking time to sit down and schedule like when you're going to do those things that you might not love doing, but you need to do, whether it's looking at your commission payments and making sure all suppliers paid you on time and all of that kind of stuff. Well, hot take, and I know Robin's on board with this. You cannot hire someone if you don't have systems in place for yourself. It's it's unkind. It is unkind and it is selfish and it's it's not fair for you to put an expectation on a new hire that they're the band-aid for your business that you never took the time to put on yourself. Because it's throwing them to the wolves. It's essentially just being like, I can't handle it. Maybe you can. And then that's setting them up for failure. I mean, if you've taken Agency Expansion Academy, 
you'll know we're very passionate about like, not just hiring to hire. Yes. Hire before you're ready, but like, don't just make it a willy nilly, throw something online and put somebody into your business. Yeah. Make sure your SOPs are ready. There's like a long checklist of preparing your business to hire and defining what that role means, defining what your new role is, because essentially you should be firing yourself from certain aspects of the business. So this person can take over. It's getting prepared and releasing control by like, Jen said, creating a system using, if it's automations, there's just so much that goes into hiring that I think sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, this travel season, I just, I can't take it. I'm just going to find an intern or I'm going to find somebody and we give them a a junkie salary. We don't set them up for success with onboarding. That's actually going to like make them do what you need them to do. Because if you don't prepare, you're wasting time because ultimately you're going to go back to doing what you're doing because that person's not going to be doing it well. And then you have to do it all over again. So yes, there needs to be intentionality with hiring 100%, but also in making sure that you know your business, you know your systems, you know how it want you want it to operate so that they can easily slide in and be kind of like that second phase for you. Well, you're going to be disappointed by someone's effectiveness in your company if you yourself cannot find a way to be effective. There's no way for them to model positive behavior if you're not holding yourself accountable for the same things. And that's not to say that you can't hire someone because you don't have everything pinned down. But you need to be able to carve out the time to onboard someone. And that could be live or that could be Loom trainings that you've created in a library. But whatever it is, you need to find the time to create the trainings of your systems that you've already created. If you don't have systems, then no one's going to be able to create those for you because they're not in your brain. And I know if I were to go into someone else's business and implement a system without their input, it's not going to work. And I'm going to be frustrated because I'm going to say they don't get it. They don't understand how I work. You're just not setting someone up for success by not following the right steps. And so that's why we launched Agency Expansion Academy. It launched a year ago. And it was all about preparing your business to hire. We, that was our free workshop that we did in the beginning because there are so many people that want to skip the important steps and it's just not kind. And you have to remember that if you're hiring someone, you are creating the promise of giving them a stable livelihood. You should be paying fairly. You should do your research on what's going on just salary-wise, hourly-wise for comparable roles in your area. You should be creating a schedule or an expectation of a schedule. If they're an IC, you should at least let them know how many hours you need fulfilled each month. And don't say like, I think it'll be 20 and then it's five because you didn't adequately time track to know how much of the role you're actually comfortable handing off. And I think that's a major thing. People start to see errors when they hire someone, which is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And then they think, oh, I need to take that task back instead of course correcting with that person and empowering them to do their job. And then they essentially do fewer and fewer hours. And then they're out of the organization because they were never given a chance to begin with. You have to do the work. You really do. And if you're like, well, I don't know if I should be hiring right now, 100%. You can check out our free masterclass, Preparing Your Business for Growth. It's kind of meant to be like, talk you out of hiring if that's the way that it should be for you. 
If you are ready to hire, obviously we have our full program for agency expansion that you can still purchase on our website, but not everybody needs to hire. Sometimes it is a simple automation, like John said, and leveraging those systems to its fullest capacity. There's things that will like use parts of Google Drive. And then we have a Dropbox thing over here and using a system to its full capacity and then being tapped. You're still, like Jen said in the very beginning, you're still tapped for time. Then it might be time to grow. But there's a couple really cool worksheets and stuff inside of that free training. All right. So the next thing I just mentioned that a VA may make errors and that's inevitable. But what about if you are making errors? Yeah. So this is another sign that it might be time to hire. And this is fairly straightforward, but when you become like too overwhelmed or you're, you're either like failing to confirm things, booking people on the wrong date, which can happen when you're just like not really paying attention. But when it becomes like this reoccurring thing where it's, you're putting the wrong information into the itinerary and there's just more errors than normal, causing the client to miss those precious memories or losing trust in you, that could be a good sign. It's time to bring somebody on because your errors are going to cost you more than just time. It's going to cost your reputation. It could financially cost, of course, like if a client cancels or whatever gets done with their trip and wants a refund or however that looks, it might be worth hiring somebody for those extra pair of eyes. So you could have a much smoother client experience and a better reputation, or you could pay to fix an average of like four moderate errors per month. So At the time of this recording, we are like deep in the weeds with summer travels. Another thing, if you know there are like busy seasons for you and your business, which there are trends in the travel industry, as we all know, you do have the option to bring on like a seasonal VA or a contractor for summer or in preparation for summer where it's a short-term contract, three months maybe, and they're like your checker. They're like your little fact checker and stuff. That's a really good thing to do because I mean, some of the errors I've made on trips... I don't know what I was thinking. I must have been thinking something in my brain as I was submitting a deposit. And it's dumb. And then you feel so bad about it because what do you, you can't blame anybody else except for yourself. And you, so you have to like wear it on your face a little bit. And that, it's never comfy. I agree with that. I found that I was making a lot of errors and not necessarily even these drastic wrong dates, which I've definitely done that. But not even that level of errors, but errors by omission. So I'm failing to include a tour guide's phone number. And then when someone's in travel, I'm sleeping, I miss a call or a text asking, hey, do you have the contact information? Because I didn't put it in their Travify because I didn't have the time to thoroughly audit and sit down and just process. I wasn't necessarily doing Loom for all of my wrap-ups way back when. And so when you're rushed, your mind isn't right. That's just fact. That's not, that's not untrue for anyone either. You, when you are rushed, you are not your best self. And when you are trying to keep up with quantity over quality, you're always going to get in that rush. So maybe you've actually scaled back. Maybe this is one of the things that we didn't touch on before is things that you can do before you ever get to the point of hiring is scale back in how many trips you're taking increase your fees, increase your minimums as well, and then still see if you need someone. I firmly, firmly believe that everyone in this industry could be making more and they could be making less errors if they were to increase their fees, take fewer clients, which inevitably just law of economics, you are going to get less clients if your fees are higher 
but you're probably going to get clients that are more in line with you anyway. And when you work with people that are more in line with you, you're more passionate. I think you're more error-proof when you're passionate. And when you know your products really well, you're even more error-proof because maybe you don't know what you don't know and you haven't taken the time to have that call with the supplier and go through each trip and be knowledgeable of what information. I have a case in point on this one. Here's the thing. We know that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. A top pain point for any business owner is often knowing when or even how to grow a team. How do you create a job description? Where do you post it? How do you interview? What red flags should you be looking for? How do you onboard when you're slammed with your own tasks? And then comes the actual ongoing performance management. Combining our knowledge from careers in recruitment and HR management, we created Agency Expansion Academy. This program is your DIY roadmap on how to hire and retain top talent within your business so that you can scale to the next level. Chocked full of insight and downloadable resources, this program can help you grow whenever you're ready. To learn more and to enroll today, follow the link in the show notes. I was in a huge rush. I had clients going to Ireland. They'd rescheduled three times. And by the end of it, I was just like, get them out the door because it was scheduled during COVID and it just kept on getting punted down the line. And it got punted down the line to the point where everyone became traveling at one time. We know this. Like There was like this massive bottleneck and then everyone traveled at one time. No matter how you had planned your business after 2020, that was just kind of what happened is the world opened up and everyone rescheduled their trip. And so I'm trying to manage all of these wrap-up details that are all coming in at one time. And I completely missed, and I still to this day don't even know how it happened, but missed that there was not even a location for a sheep herding exhibit or example that these people were supposed to stop at on the Ring of Kerry. Like you look at their, you look at their itinerary and it's like, Stop and see sheep. <laughs> and that's it. When you find the sheep, you know you're there. <laughs> and I like looked at it because I obviously had multiple missed texts. I was like, where are the sheep? And I was like, you got nothing. And I, I didn't. <laughs> They're probably like, they're everywhere. Am I just watching them as I drive by? It's like head to the cliffs of Moer. Once you feel like you're about to fall off the face of the world, you're there. <laughs> you made it. You got it. So then instead of the next day being this seamless, normal business day, <laughs> that's funny to say a seamless, normal business day as an advisor. A cute <laughs> business day done by two off to yoga, back into business day that we all have. All this yeah. Time. Just a casual, comfy and productive business day. <laughs> so instead of that happening, I was problem solving and working with Dremoland Castle to try and find another sheep herding exhibit that they could go to while they're staying at this castle and trying to like fit it into the remainder of their trip because I didn't want them to miss out on this if it were something they were really passionate about. And so I find it. Okay. I find it. It's one hour away. They've set it up or they can set it up and the clients respond back and they're like, oh no, it's okay. We're just going to stay at the castle tomorrow. We really want to enjoy being on the grounds. And I was like, oh my gosh. First of all, I feel- you only knew what I went through for these sheep. 
I'm glad that I did it because I was able to provide a solution, but it took me hours and a lot of panic to find a solution for something that it turns out they weren't passionate about anyway. So in retrospect, probably should have qualified how important it was to them to find an alternate solution and just apologize. They were the kindest people and they were repeat clients. So they they really had a good relationship with me, but it was just maybe they would have loved that. Maybe that would have been a favorite memory of theirs. And it didn't cost me anything because they ultimately turned down my offer to arrange for the other scenario. But I just wish that I had had that trip audit checklist that we have and Ashlyn's eyes going through and being like, all right, is there a contact for every tour? Is there a destin like an actual address or destination listed for every tour? Is there a specific time listed? And that's what we ultimately grew to when I did hire Ashlyn. But I hired Ashlyn because I was also mentoring a team and it was imperative for me to be able to give the most to my team while also supporting my clients as I phased out of planning travel. I didn't hire a VA because I felt busy. I hired a VA because I was doing dual roles, actually three roles because we had launched Teak. I was doing three roles and I knew that I needed assistance and I wasn't able to keep anything balanced. So it took me a lot to get to the point of hiring someone because I knew that there was automation I could outsource, but I couldn't. You can't necessarily outsource auditing if people don't know the nuances of your trip. And I think it's important to note that a lot of people are like, oh, well, I have too many clients. I'm just going to hire an IC. I think sometimes people get a little confused where they're like, I'll hire an IC and then she'll also do some marketing and stuff. And that gets a little muddy. Mm, Like that has to be super communicated, super communicated (laughs) on the front end. That has to be supersize that communication. Supersize that communication (laughs) on the front, like, but for real, because I think. Some people are like, oh, I'll hire an IC and they'll be able to take clients, but they'll also do all these things. So if they're fine with that, that's fine. But also know that they're like then kind of taking on two roles. So you can't just pay a commission at that point type of thing. I have a lot of emotions about ICs. I know this. <laughs> I know. I was like, this could go into it. Which honestly, we should do a whole episode on ICs and yeah. things to know before you hire ICs because it's it's a super valuable conversation that I think we would have very much wish we would have known. Cause I think that was always our quick solution was like, Oh, we'll hire an IC and then they'll bring in money for us too. And then it's no big deal. And it, it's not <laughs> quite the, quite the same. I'll summarize mine in two minutes. I promise I won't rant. Here's how I feel. You have to have a passion for mentorship and growth. You have to have a defined plan of training individuals and you have to have a vision and find your fulfillment in growing your team. If your vision is not to have brand identity as a large team, it is most likely not a lucrative venture for you to pursue. If your goal is to have economic success as a travel advisor and a consistent client experience, I fully and wholeheartedly believe that your best bet is to tap yourself out completely (laughs) first. I mean, work until all of these needs have been met that we mentioned in the beginning of this episode. And then you've hired a VA and you've fired yourself from key pieces of your role. And then even then, if your leads are surpassing the ability for you to fulfill them, I think hire a client experience manager to handle everything from the point of booking through departure 
even the wrap-up phone calls and have them be like a key piece in your client experience. So now you've got a team that is one, a employee assistant that you can define their hours so that they're available when you're working so that you can be in consistent communication with them. I don't think they have to be local. I do think you have to have like a slack of some sort to keep communication going. And then two, having a client experience that's almost like a project manager for all of your trips. Mm -hmm. And even then, if you're like, okay, the leads are still bubbling over, hire an employee and compensate them on an incentive basis for any additional leads they bring into your sphere. That is how I believe you can control your sanity the most and increase your income. If you want ICs, if you want a whole team, if that's the legacy you want to lead, grand, great. Just know that there's a different path for economic success that looks different and you don't need to take the IC route, even if you think it might be easy. And I think a lot of people do it for ease Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of risk involved in bringing on ICs, especially under your own brand. So much liability. I mean, that's all I think about with like these huge IC teams. I'm like, the liability of that is insane because ultimately like you're still the head of the, the head of the snake. So if mm-hmm. something goes wrong, like you're still going to get the calls, but now you're getting calls, not just for your clients, but with like other people's clients and it, it can get a little hairy, scary. And if you're prepared for that, great. I understand we have a team of six. We would be nowhere without our team and they're not ICs, they're employees. It's a little bit different, but. There just needs to be a lot of care and a a lot of understanding before you go into an IC agreement with anybody, I think. Yeah. I mean, someone, no matter what, no one's going to be you. And Robin and I are very passionate about brand identity. And as soon as you bring in someone that's not you, that does alter the brand. And so then when you have a brand identity, you almost have to cater to a more generic brand identity or you're bringing in someone as an IC, they have the autonomy to pick a different target audience than you do. And that may be in conflict with your brand identity and your language and your voice. So there is a lot to prepare for, a lot to consider. Like Robin mentioned, the liability is very high. You become the point of escalation. And if you already don't feel like you have time, just throw in some ICs that are learning travel. <laughs> it's like you kind of had to stop planning for a minute while people yeah. were trained because it's it's so much, like you said, mentorship, especially because with Explorator, and this isn't the case for everybody. I know some people look for experienced advisors, but especially if you're looking to hire new, like green to the industry, you got, you got a lot of we, we don't know how complicated the travel world is until we try explaining it to somebody. Yeah. And I think that was very enlightening to us. Even with Teak, it's kind of hard for somebody outside the industry to be like, well, here's what's going on. Here's the alphabet soup that you need to know. And here's how things typically go. Like It's just kind of, it's a lot more than I think a lot of people realize. And again, if you've prepared and you feel good about it and you've got a really banging like IC contract in place, good for you. That's awesome. But if that's not your prerogative and if you're, well, I just want to work less. So I'm going to offload some stuff. Just know that that's probably not going to be the case until they're truly running. You know, it's like a baby. Like, you have to like yeah. get, them, get them up and get them out there into the world. Slow baby steps or else they're going to fumble and fail and then they could leave. There's just a lot that goes into it. Life happens too. What if your IC one day, you know, wins the lottery and she's like, bye. 
and you're like, now I have a million leads. I don't know. There's just so many things. Oh my gosh. I just went down 13 rabbit holes as you're saying (laughs) that because you mentioned the contract. First of all, your contract has to be so competitive. There are some major players in the industry. And if you're, especially if you're hosted, okay, now you've got to split your split and there's no way you can remain competitive. So then people you're going to nurture are going to leave you to have this better split because why wouldn't they? That's fiscal responsibility. And it's just a dangerous place to be. It also hurts the value of your company as a whole if you're ever looking to sell. I want to be clear. I am not saying that I regret building a team at all. That was my vision. So like I knew what I was doing. I just know that in hindsight... You also did it really well though. You had a mentorship program. You gave us resources. I think what we hear from independent contractors leaving their hosts is because Uh they're not getting support. They're not getting community. They're not getting any resources to do their job well. And I think that's important. That's again, if, if you're like, well, I don't have time for any of that. I would recommend looking into something like a niche or finding some sort of community for these people. But that's really important. I think for independent contractors, at least that was for me as an IC underneath you. And that's something you did really well. So again, like I think you sacrificed taking leads for a minute to build the mentorship. But again, it went with the vision. It was what was going on. We wanted to bring fresh blood into the industry. We wanted them green. Like there was this whole strategy behind it. And that's great. Like strategy is great. Going in blind, that's where I have issues with hiring or people's plans to hire. And that's where I think people just get too overwhelmed. Like that's not fair to you. That's not fair to the employee. That's not fair to anybody. And then uh, this is the last thing I'll say, because you just mentioned employee. Now, if your IC who has the ability to hire someone else hires a VA that's not within your brand, you don't necessarily have the ability to screen that VA. And now you've got someone in your team that you didn't even touch during their hiring process. It is a really interesting topic. We definitely need an entire episode on because the way that people do ICs can range so drastically. People can have their own brand or they can be under your brand. And you just need to be educated on what you want before you do any of it. And that's what I do wish there had been more transparent conversations about before I move forward so that I could make more conscious decisions, be like, yes, this is exactly what I want instead of being surprised by a lot of things. This industry thrives on just surprising people with things they didn't know, which is why this podcast exists. (laughs) Yeah. That was a runaway train. It started with sheep and it ended with like all that. All off the tracks. I said two minutes. I promised two minutes. I lied. I tried. I tried, but then we continued it. So, all right. The next point we want to make though is that if your time becomes more valuable as you are selling than doing administrative tasks, then you are most likely better suited to be strictly in the sales role. This is really important to think through because it came to a point where I was like, auditing or copying and pasting descriptions of hotels into Travify and sourcing imagery and putting it into Travify. That became something that I knew that on an hourly basis, I could hire someone at a lower rate than it was costing me opportunity-wise because I could have been on a phone call. I could have been marketing to my ideal client that had a higher return on investment in my time. So your income obviously is essentially what you bring in minus your expenses. And you need to calculate what you want to make as a salary per hour before you can ever kind of quantify this number. So this, it all goes back to time tracking. Yes, we mention it every episode. We're never going to stop mentioning it. You need to know 
what you want to make. You need to know what your time is worth per hour for you to make these educated decisions on your business. And if you're not making these educated decisions on your business, then you probably shouldn't be hiring yet either. Another thing is that if you're not educated on what's actually happening inside your business, you're not doing a PNL, you don't know your profit margin, you don't know what you are actually worth per hour, you don't know your expenses, none of this can actually, you can't use your finances to hire someone if you don't know what is happening in your finances. We won't get into the actual whole conversation about fees covering your desired salary and commissions and covering your overhead, but you just need to know your numbers. You need to find your hourly rate. You need to quantify that. You need to be able to decide from an educated place if you can afford hiring someone to do these things that you're currently doing and if it's actually more valuable for you to outsource them. And that outsourcing could also be on a contract basis like Robin mentioned. Outsourcing could be, I mean, outsourcing by nature means like out of the organizations, but we mean for the sake of this conversation, outsourcing from yourself. Should it go to someone in the team? Should it go to someone else? Because there are a lot of things that can be outsourced in your scope, social, blogs, newsletters, like all of that. If it's bogging you down, you can find creative solutions to those things. Maybe it is a part-time person. Maybe it's an IC that you find on Fiverr, whatever it may be. That can still be more economical than bringing on someone as an employee and taking on their loaded labor, risking if you have to lay them off, paying unemployment. There's so much more to hiring than people give credit for. And it adds this whole different layer of complexity to your business because now you have tax filings in different states. You need to be prepared for the additional overhead that this person costs you, not just on an hourly rate, but all the systems that go into hiring as well. And that should be calculated with their hourly rate. So if the additional system is gusto and you need to pay that on a monthly basis to be able to do your payroll, and then you also have to pay state taxes, you should be calculating the additional memberships for the platforms that you have divided with that hourly rate and still making an educated decision. I think so many times people just think of like hourly rate as an hourly rate as an hourly rate, and it's just Mm -hmm. simply not the case. No, there's so much into it. And data-driven decisions are what's going to drive your business. We so often as I think advisors and as small business owners, we like go with the gut feelings a lot and your gut sometimes knows like, is it time to hire? Yeah. My gut says yes. You can make that argument sometimes, but a lot of what we do, we need to do with data behind it. And obviously I'm like a big data person. So that's a me philosophy. But if you even want to improve your business, I mean, you can't know if you're improving if you don't have a starting point to start from, you got to put some measurements on it. Well, and I think that a lot of the imposter syndrome that's like rampant in the industry simply comes from the fact that you don't know your numbers. So you don't even have context to compare to what is successful. And if you are successful in your mind, because you've hit the numbers that you want to hit to have the life that you want, it doesn't matter. And you have that extra confidence about you. You're not scrambling to get clients every day. You can take these calculated decisions about if you want to accept a client or not. And there's just so much more power that comes into that because a lot of people just think like, oh, there's an inquiry. I have to respond to it. I have to work with them because I need the income. Like, do you? Do you even know if you need the income? Do you know how much this client is worth for you? Do you know how much it's worth after you 
pay someone to do all of the auditing and the client experience and you've outsourced all of your expenses. If you don't know what the client means to your income, your personal income and the stability of your business, you have literally no idea if you actually need to take that client or if you should take that client. It's not even just (laughs) the numbers that you need to be tracking numbers. It's like paying attention to them, the numbers that matter and the metrics that matter. Your Instagram followers, that's a vanity metric. Your sales numbers, I'm going to say it, that's a vanity metric. If your sales numbers are a million in sales, but your overhead is so high because you're going on all these crazy fans and you never put your suitcase down and you are like traveling nonstop or you have every system under the sun because that's what someone told you you needed, then your profit margin stinks and your business is, is not feasible. So it all comes down to like having a profitable business that feels good. I mean, there's a lot that goes into metrics. Yeah. And we do talk about this in our new seven-figure sales course because I am very passionate about this. But at the end of the day, metrics matters, but certain metrics matter more. I do believe that you have to feel those metrics to just have a little clout in the industry. We are not minimizing. Like, If that is what makes you feel good, then guess what? When you feel good, you're going to pitch well, you're going to sell more, you're going to do your thing. Like You're going to crush it if you're feeling great about your business. But again, those vanity metrics don't just stop there. If you need the vanity metric, which I did, that's me. I'll claim it. Like I love a vanity metric. But I also, you have to dig deeper for those vanity metrics to even matter because at the end of the day, that's just not what's paying your bills. And I think if we were to pull back the hood on a lot of businesses that people consider to be doing well in the industry, everyone would feel much more normal (laughs) and there would be a lot less imposter syndrome and there would be like, oh, okay, thank goodness that is, they're portraying this for brand identity. They also don't always have their stuff together. And that's, you got to start somewhere. If you don't have your stuff together right now, use this podcast as a catalyst for it. Okay. And our fourth and final point is when you're not strong in a certain area that you know someone else could do better in, especially if these tasks are the things that you need to do in order to run your business. Like marketing or backend operations or finances, whatever that looks like, you can outsource specific tasks like newsletter creation, blogs, some social media aspects, or you could explore what it looked like to bring someone on to completely own that segment of your business, like an actual employee who's in charge of your marketing. And I think this is a really important place where you can consider outsourcing tasks or hiring a full-time person to take on the chunk of tasks. But If you are into outsourcing, Lucia is a really great resource Mm -hmm. for some industry-specific tasks. And we have a little code link in the show notes for you guys if you're interested because, I mean, they do incredible work. I will say I'm a big fan of Fiverr. I was a big fan of Upwork. And I would have, in retrospect, not done a blog. It is great for SEO. But... I really got into blogging during COVID because I just wanted to stay relevant and I wanted to get inspiration in front of people and kind of foster that sense of hope. But the thing about a blog is once you start a blog, you got to keep blogging. Otherwise, the information gets outdated and people start to wonder if you're still around, if your business is still viable. So I would often outsource blogging. I would have done newsletters in a hot second because I was incredibly inconsistent with it. Ashlyn did end up taking on social. So we were able to maintain a lot of the things in-house by having her as a full-time employee. 
I just don't think that a full-time employee is often what people need. I would say usually 20 hours is doable. I mean, if you're rocking and rolling and your your systems are in place and you have a good book of business, I think you can fill 20 hours. And I will say that you have to take the leap on some things and step back from them and empower that person to do those tasks. But you have to hire incredibly accurately for someone to be successful in a business like a travel agency because there's so many hats that are worn. So if you're looking for the non-creative, detail-oriented person that's going to audit and get everything in place, cross T's, dot I's, that's a very different personality than someone that's going to do your social media and your newsletter. You can't just put a job description together and think because you put it on paper that that person exists and they're going to be easy to find and then be frustrated when one, you either don't fill the job or they're not great at one area of your super generic and overly expectations loaded. I don't even know how to say it. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Because it is, it's nice to be like, well, I don't like this task. I'll just throw it over there. But does that task even make sense for that person to handle? What do dinner reservations, spa bookings, and sourcing one-off hotels outside your scope all have in common? You don't ever have to do them again. No, seriously, that's what Lucia is for. Lucia is a freelancer marketplace where you can outsource items on your to-do list on a task-per-task basis. All freelancers are sourced from within the travel industry. So if you're wondering, will they get it? They will. For a $57 discount on your annual membership, Head on over to the show notes and join Lucia today. Granted, Ashlyn is a little bit of our golden retriever on the team where I'm pretty sure if we were like, okay, you're going to be a book auditor. She'd be like, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Would she do it? Well, probably not. But there are people like that. And I just think it doesn't, it doesn't really do you any justice or them to be like, here's a bunch of random tasks that really don't correlate together. Like I would pick, like you said, like marketing, if marketing's the thing, let's talk about Pinterest blogs, newsletter, or, you know, social media blogs, newsletter, whatever it is. And like, at least keep them in the same lane, because there's also a lot with like brains, you can't go from like one task to another super well. So if you're in a creative space, you like your brain likes to stay in a creative space and to jump from like (laughs) running an analytics report on your commissions to creating a really catchy social media reel to bouncing on over and auditing all of your team's upcoming trips. Like that's for a brain, that's like too much to just kind of go between. So if you found the unicorn, good for you. I I would say there's probably five out there. So yeah, we found her. We <laughs> found her. But again, she'll even admit, she's like, I can do this. Yeah. I won't do it well. And that's something we learned ourselves with this podcast. We like really wanted to start a podcast at first, Ashlyn was going to edit videos. Who are we to think that she can edit? Well, not videos, but edit the audio. She said she could, but she's also handling all of our workflows. She's managing our community. That wasn't fair. So we outsource our podcast. So when we record a podcast, it goes over to Brittany. We pay her a monthly fee. She's getting our, blog, or our podcast ready and scheduled. She's running our analytics for us. And like she is still on our team even though she's not an employee. And I think that's where I honestly saw the light in outsourcing because we've done like VAs in the past and they haven't really worked out. We've had our own issues with hiring and I am particularly protective of our business. Obviously, I think any CEO would say they are, but I have found the power of outsourcing to somebody who does things really, really well. So 
for me in the new year, once I get back from maternity leave, that's like a goal of mine is to outsource stuff that we know we need to get done. I would love to work with an SEO specialist next year and really optimize our website and our blogs. There's a whole bunch of mini goals that I have. But now that we have Brittany, I'm like, whoa, this freed up a a million hours for me and Jen. Like Mm -hmm. we could probably honestly start giving her even more stuff to do with the podcast because it is such a full-time job. But if anyone's nervous about outsourcing, when you find a really good person, you won't be as nervous like I was. And I think that's an incredible point because when we look at the price maybe per hour of, say, Brittany, she's an IC that we outsource. She has her own business. She invoices us, which is how an IC technically should work. They should be invoicing you. They should have their own business. That is the entire nature of an independent contractor. If we were to do the math on the hourly rate, I would be honest, we'd probably be like, oh, that's that's a high hourly rate, depending on the week, because sometimes we hit her with a lot. But in reality, Ashlyn would take triple the amount of time to figure something out, do it not as a specialist. So, I mean, she is great at learning what she needs to learn to get by, and she's always enthusiastic to do it. Does that mean it's in her zone of genius? No, and that's nothing negative against her. But if you were to actually calculate it out, it probably costs you more to have a novice doing something than to hire an outsource to someone who's specialized like social media, email marketing. And if you factor in the return on investment on those things and then divide it by the hour, you're probably, if they're a reasonable price point, I'm not saying like shoot for the moon and go hire Nike's you know, social media manager. But if you're making calculated financial decisions to outsource, I would challenge that it's probably, if not the same price, cheaper than bringing someone in and expecting them to learn it and then do it as well as someone who has an entire career focused on that as their profession. 100%. Whew, man. Every time we do a podcast that has like a lot of beef to it, I get lightheaded. (laughs) Wow. With snack. That sounds like a blood <laughs> sugar issue. Oh, fun fact. I get really <laughs> jacked on on our podcast. I get sweaty, so <laughs> now anyone listening, you've gotten to know us a little bit more. <laughs> Peel back the curtain. If you're overwhelmed with the thought of hiring, have no fear because Robin and I both have experience and backgrounds in recruitment. Last summer, we put together a live training called Agency Expansion Academy, which outlines how to prepare to hire, how to hire, how to interview, how to onboard, and how to manage your new hires. We even threw in a bonus module about hiring independent contractors, which came with a 10-module program to provide mentorship to your new ICs. This course can be found on our website still and has all the juicy resources under the programs tab. Thank you for joining another TikToks episode. If you're loving our content, we would love and appreciate your support and feedback. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so you never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of TikTok. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year. 
Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing. Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.